0: Okay, we're recording. Yeah, okay, we're recording. Hi, friends. I'm Chef Stacy, and I'm Pastor Monica. And welcome to Everyday Daniel. This week, we're continuing our conversation about the Book of Joel. Uh, wait, did I do that intro right?
1: <laughs> Joel was right. Yeah.
0: Okay. So we're continuing our conversation about the book of Joel. Last week, Pastor Monica and I talked about um, the fact that Joel is one of the minor prophets and not because the message of Joel is any less than any of the other prophets, but simply because it is one of the shorter books in the Bible. Joel only has three chapters. Last week, we talked about chapter one this week. We're going to be talking about chapter two and you guessed it. Next week, we'll talk about the third and final chapter in the book of Joel. So Pastor Monica Um, Normally, we do start off where I talk a little bit about the food in uh, this episode, but as I mentioned last week, food is so pervasive in the book of Joel, and there's not just one um, story or one bit of food to pinpoint, so instead of focusing on a Bible food and then the Bible story, I think we'll just talk entirely about the Bible story and the Bible lessons. For any of you viewers or watchers or listeners out there who are interested in the foods um, related to this episode, you can read the book of Joel. It's really, really short, but you'll notice all throughout, it talks about referencing God's blessings um, in the form of like new grain, wine, you know, figs, dates, grapes. It talks about the destruction of things, you know, in the form of locusts or a lack of... Um, grain and that again just gets back to the agrarian society Mm -hmm. um, that this was
1: that's so true
0: bam got all that out of the way and now we can get to focus on a recap of Joel chapter two and pastor Monica would you be so kind as to give us a recap of what we read today in the book of Joel chapter two
1: Yes, in the book of Joel, chapter two, he, uh, the Lord is actually continuing uh, prior to this in chapter one. He was talking about repentance. That's how that ended in calling uh, the nation to repent. So now he's sharing uh, part of the judgment. <laughs> and that's where there is a locust. Basically, there's like the honestly, the first half of the chapter is talking about the locusts attacking and really taking over like an army of locusts and taking over everything in this city, uh, pretty much destroying everything, their crops, their homes, everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, then it goes into the part where he's asking everyone to draw their heart to him. And he's asking them to gather to actually fast and to pray and to repent from their sins. And what I like is that in the midst of all this quote unquote, with say dreadful, the locust destroying everything. He's saying, I want you to draw your heart to me. He ends this chapter saying, when you draw your heart to me, I'm going to pour my spirit out on you. I'm going to restore things back to you. And so it goes from that judgment to hope um, saying, you know, I, I need you to pour your heart out to me, but this is a moment where um, I need you to really mean it from the inward, not the outward. So that's how Pretty much it ends, and he talks about the day of the Lord and what will happen after everyone does repent. Once they do repent, he says in uh verse twenty-eight and twenty-nine that you know his sons and daughters will prophesy, and our old men will dream dreams. And I know this is a verse that we've heard quoted many times. Well, for those of you that might not have known, it was in Joel. Mm-hmm. And this is what I he's talking about.
0: It was in Joel. I didn't know it was in Joel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: So it's pretty interesting. So we've heard this many times, but now this is what's in Joel and you never know what came before this wonderful word <laughs> that we quote so often that there was a call to repentance from the people prior to. And um, then he just talks about the day of the Lord, how it would be in verse 32 and everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the survivors whom the Lord calls. So he's basically saying on this great and dreadful day, you know, I want you to draw your hearts to me. So it's a very interesting chapter. uh, And I, I think I just think just with everything that God is calling us to, it really goes back to a simple point of saying, hey, you know, we can have, there's judgment, there are things that are going to happen, but God's saying, you know what, don't get discouraged by that, because if you turn your heart to me, I can stop all that, just like that. Yeah, yeah, it's so interesting, um, I
0: heard, uh, recently some, and I forget where, where I heard it, but I heard someone say that, um, You might, you, everyone, people, we are all born into sin. We were born with a sin nature. But when you give your life to God, he gives you a new nature and he forgets your sin. Yes. So no matter what you have done, you know, if you genuinely like turn away from that past and turn toward God he erases it from his mind that you were even a sinful creature and he embraces you fully as you know a son or a daughter in him mm-hmm. and how beautiful that when God looks at us um after we've repented and come to him he only sees um good in us right yeah. He sees the new nature. He sees the newness. Um, And I I think that's interesting, like looking at in the book of Joel, chapter one was all about like, oh my gosh, everything is terrible and you are (laughs) a cursed people. Mm -hmm. And we talked a little bit last week about how right now, you know, we're in, what is this now, August 2020 in North America. And we're experiencing, um, you know, COVID and just like racial unrest and, you know, economic distress and a whole lot of things that we were saying this generation has never seen or experienced before and probably not in many generations. Right. And the hope that is ahead of us and the world changing hope ahead of us. If our nation would repent and turn toward God, you know what I mean?
1: Yes. Yes. It's it's a huge, it's a huge thing. I um the repentance and you know, one thing that stood out to me with the locusts, I don't know why, I think back to uh another locust experience that I had that I won't mention. Uh listen to some Y'all, previous podcasts. For, any, <laughs> for
0: for for anyone who Ever joins this without having seen heard one of our early episodes? I tricked Pastor Monica into l- eating some locusts, y'all. Yeah, and that is gonna be a theme forever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I kept asking, I kept asking. <laughs> oh my gosh! But going back to the locust, uh, one thing that stood out to me, um, along with I was gonna point out what you were saying too about the repentance but one thing that stood out to me in verse uh seven and eight it says you know when they came in there was like to me it was like this this focus it says um they charge like warriors they scale walls like soldiers they all march in line not swerving from their course they do not jostle each other each marches straight ahead they plunge through defenses without breaking ranks they rush upon the city they run along the wall they climb into the houses like thieves they enter through the windows and i thought this is literally an army <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the lord has sent and here's the thing it's coming to devour he's like i'm gonna make my point Right, you know, like Jesus is a forgiving guy you know, God is He's forgiving God, He is He's like, I'm gonna forgive you, but I want to make this point because you're still not getting it. And for me, I just thought to myself, if we, Lord Jesus, if we as the body of Christ could <laughs> be as focused. And, as in tune with God as these locusts are charging the nation to destroy it, if we could operate in that same unity and accord, how much more powerful would we be and I'm not just talking about unity like oh let's you know hang out and do this and hang out and do I'm talking about in spirit, I'm talking about in mind and in purpose. If we could charge the enemy's kingdom like this, how much more would we impact this world if we took just a moment and said, I'm not looking. If they didn't look to the left or right, each march is straight ahead. They were not distracted at all. So why are the the pestilence, the things that came to destroy them, more focused than the people they're coming to destroy? (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like I'm just saying about
0: Jesus <laughs> in that statement, honey.
1: Yeah, girl, I felt them too. I felt them too. I didn't know I was gonna say all that, but I just kept thinking they are so razor focused. Can we yeah. can we can we get like that? Can we get to that point? You know what I mean? Yes, we can. It yeah. just takes submittance to God, like submitting ourselves to him, you know?
0: You know, it's interesting because I I, I thought the same thing when I read that passage was, Mm. I thought, oh yeah, the locusts are supposed to represent like the destruction and, and all that. But isn't it interesting how effective they are?
1: (laughs) Yes. That's interesting. Yes.
0: And in a practical application, you know, as an individual, if you want to achieve something, you do have to have laser Focus, you cannot allow yourself to be distracted. Yes. And as yes. a, as a people, right? Yep. As the body of Christ, yep. we do need to be laser focused. Yes. And what's what I find interesting right now, I believe the body of Christ is distracted by. Um, a lot of things, but one of them is denominationalism. Mm. Um, so we are getting caught up, maybe disagreeing on things that are not salvation issues,
1: but mm. that are
0: like side opinions. issues. Uh
1: huh. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: What do you call it?
1: I said. I said opinions. I was just saying opinions.
0: Opinions. Right. And so when the body of Christ agrees that. Um, You know, Jesus Christ is Lord, Mm -hmm. (laughs) died on the cross and was resurrected, you know, to cover our sins and that we, the people here on earth who follow Christ and who live for God are called for one purpose and that is to advance his kingdom on earth. When we are laser focused on that goal, then we can be effective. I agree. When we get distracted by things like whether or not you speak on, speak in tongues or Uh we get Uh distracted on, you know, whether or not you wear makeup or, you know, what, you know, skirt down to your knees, those Mm -hmm. things are not salvation issues. Yes. and and I don't want to dismiss them as not important, but I will say that if the body of Christ gets hung up on those things, we're not allowing ourselves to build on the foundational kingdom work that we're called and that we're sent here to do. Yes,
1: I so, we I need, so agree.
0: We need to get like those locusts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, eliminate distraction. Okay, have That's- oneness of purpose.
1: i'm just saying
0: destroy the walls of the enemy
1: i i so agree i feel like that's what god is saying and that starts with um an internal change one of the um along with what you were saying so in verse 12 it says even now declares the lord return to me with all your heart with fasting and weeping and mourning rend your heart and not your garments return to the lord your god for he is gracious and compassionate slow to anger and abounding in love and he relents from sending calamity right Mm -hmm. so he's telling them basically return to me and when he's talking about rend your heart basically during that time you know like when you're fasting or you're emphasizing something they would like tear their clothes you know just to show like hey you know, I'm distraught, right? He wants to, not, but he's but he's not calling them to that. He's saying, I want you to come. Yes, rend your heart though. Rend your internal garments, not your outward garments. I need you to rend, I need you to rip apart. Give me the humility of your heart. And I think with what we were just talking about with that unity is that he's saying, I, I need you fully. This outward show, that's for the birds. I don't need right. that right now. <laughs> don't just look don't just uh talk about it be about it <laughs> be about it yeah show me in your heart let me see that you know the outward expression is gay is great but I want to see my true nature in you mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. I just thought that was that's
0: really good I, every I, I read that too and it brought my memory to that other scripture um, that says you know don't pour new wine in old wine skin. And, um, basically in, uh, Joel chapter two, what you just referenced, I think it was maybe like 18 somewhere in there where he says, rend your heart, not just your, your garments. So change your heart, Um, but if you, but don't just put on a pretty exterior, don't just look like oh, I'm doing right, you know, actually really, you know, wrestle with the word and contend with it and try to, and figure out how to make it applicable to your daily life. Um, and, and that is when, that is when, um, situations change.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, What I'm getting at here too, as just like a practical application, um, if you see something has not been working <laughs> for a long time, you know, don't, I'm trying to think of like a real life example, right? But if, if you've been doing the same thing over and over and over and it's not working, don't in essence do the same thing, but say you're doing something different. Okay. Here's a good example, right? So yeah. for me, There was a time when I wanted to wake up early so that I could exercise in the morning. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) eventually I would set my alarm clock for half an hour earlier. But when the alarm went off, I would be awake and I would just lay in the bed until my (laughs) normal My normal get up time.
1: Yeah. I've been there.
0: (laughs) On the outside, like I was doing, you know, supposedly the thing, right? I was waking up earlier, but in effect, my behavior was not changing. I was not actually working out or getting up.
1: Great example.
0: Right? You know? (laughs)
1: Yeah. It's it's a great example. You like you said, when you were saying I was just thinking that's the definition of insanity right something so. over and over and you expected a different result can you please shift something change something shift change something it, it's so shift change like he does even in the word when he's talking about verse 18 if you look at it he shifts it shifts from judgment to forgiveness and blessings there's a shift mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know it's a shift and um then he's saying instead of me taking all your wine and your and your oil and your grains and all that he said you know what I'm going to send you grain and new wine and oil. I'm going to send you new. I mean, he's restocking, refilling. You know a song I think about? Uh, What's that new wine? Uh, Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Jesus, bring new wine. It's like a cry to create. It's that, that inward heart saying, Lord, create in me new wine have something new come out of me let, let let your anointing flow out of me lord let your gifts and your purpose and whatever you have for me to do on my job and the people that are around me show that new line to, yes. the, to the world let that show you know yes. that's that yes. shift that's that shift in the chapter
0: <laughs> okay wait wait that's that what now
1: that's that shift <laughs> okay shift. F? S H I F T.
0: I just have to make sure, pastor. <laughs> I'm a mess.
1: <laughs> I love it. Pray for me, pray for
0: me. <laughs> I know, right? So the other thing that I noticed in that is um, after after the people... So then chapter two ends with like a bunch of promises or a bunch yes. of... Um, kind of profit, prophetic speakings that God is giving to them. Um, he's saying, you you will eat, you know, till you're full, I'll send you wine, right. I will, I will make up for the years of the locusts. God is a a time redeemer, you know, Mm -hmm. never again will my people be despised. You know, I'll make you a nation, um, that basically people look up to, um, And so all of, he goes on and on and on about how God is going to bless the people, but that blessing comes with a responsibility. It comes, Mm -hmm. is preceded by turn away from your sins.
1: Yes. So,
0: right. And what I like to always remind people is once you have given your life to God Mm -hmm. and you, you are saved, but there are blessings and there are, there's potential and there's activation um, available to you that you will not access without the responsibilities mm-hmm. associated with it.
1: Um, Absolutely. I, I love how you brought that up. Cause that's one of the main things in this chapter out of everything that he's mentioning. Like you said, there's a change of heart. There's the repentance to before, prior to these wonderful blessings. Your heart got to change. That repentance has to change. The turning away of the things that God has asking you not to do and doing the things he's asked you to do, the blessings flow. Like you said, And it doesn't just stop after you say, Jesus, I accept you into my heart. It's a continual walk. It's a continual obedience to God. And there's an unlocking of blessings and promises that he has. And I mean, honestly, that is, that is the key to this. It is that shift in heart. That repentance, that turning like. way. It reminds me of um, how
0: before I started my business, when I was working in the corporate world, a lot of times people would want to be promoted, but we're not going to promote you until you have proven that you can perform at that promoted level for yeah. a full year. So you have to yep. be managerial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For a year before we give you the title manager. You know yes. what I mean? And it's yes. the same thing with with what we see in the book of Joel. You have to show that you are repentant. You have to live differently before the blessings, the overflow, the grain, the new wine, all that will come. And 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 to be clear, like I'm not saying that we have to work for God's blessing, because that is not. I don't think that God says necessarily like you can earn. You can't earn it. No, you sure can. He is clear that your bless blessings come with responsibilities.
1: It does, and and your obedience. It it starts out with obedience. So it's like it's not it's not a tit for tat. You do this, I do that. But there is an obedience to God. Like you're saying, like it's not you do this, I do that. He doesn't work like that. But at the same time, it's like in your obedience, it yields fruit. It's just like saying, like, if you gonna take care of your car, it's gonna run, you know? Right. And so what type of gas are you putting in your engine? Are you doing your oil changes? You know, are you getting your monthly or whatever your your six-month checks up checkup on your car? Are you maintaining that? in reference to God, that relationship with him. So, um, and being in tune with him. So when he is saying, I need you to move in this direction, Hey, you know, I need you to draw a little closer in this area. Hey, I need you to reach out to such and such right now. You know, there's a, it it, in that obedience, you'll begin to see that the, the fruit comes from that, Mm -hmm. you know, there's fruit that comes from the obedience of God. Mm Yeah. Yeah.
0: I love that. That is mostly all, what I took from the second chapter of Joel is just the 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 fruit that comes from obedience um, mm-hmm. and the hope that we have. That if you are going through a chapter, a Joel chapter one experience where everything yeah. is in destructo mode, the hope set before you is that relationship with God and the turning away. You know, um, and the and the the future blessing that God holds out for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Did you have anything, any other uh, lessons that you took from Joel
1: chapter two? I think that was, um, Oh, um, okay. One parallel uh, out of the soul. I mentioned all the other three things I wanted to mention, but one parallel just came to me in 15 and, uh, verse 15 and 17 through 17, he's asking for them to gather to basically to fast and the people to come together. Right. And there's a unity there. And so the main thing there, the, 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 the unity in spirit, the unity and humility, the unity and focus, it's like a parallel to what we were just talking about with the locust. If we charge God's word and His will. the same way that he, he's even showing us when we, when we do that, say we're going gonna to pick a day, we're going to fast together. Hey, let's pick a day, we're going to all read the word together. Let's pick a day, we're going to, whatever the case is, when we come together in that collective unity, there's a shift in the nation. Mm. There's a shift in the world. You know, and so just not forgetting that we are soldiers in the army of the Lord. And I know that's an old little saying and stuff people used to say, but that is the reality. And um I just realized that was like a parallel because he's he's calling them to 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 do that and it takes everybody, right? It's like I need my 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 brothers, my sisters, my co I need everyone fast and I need everyone, hey, I need we need everybody praying, right? We need everyone repenting and recognizing what God is, is trying to do. So uh, that was one thing I just thought about.
0: And that's it. I love that, especially when you started talking about I need everybody. Um, I had an experience where I was in this meeting just today, and this, I kept saying, "Oh, you know, you're leading this project." And she kept saying, "Oh no, you know, I just we and us and team. and it's like, now I appreciate a team spirit as well. What? And within the team, you need to recognize that everyone has a responsibility and, you know, right. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Uh, And so what I really want to see the, the people of God do is to tap into what is their unique gifting? What is it that Mm -hmm. God has called them to do? And then take that. Value add and join yes. it up with the other value add of all the other people mm. and get unified. Yes. We, right? Bring our That's unique it. selves. Unifying the body. body. Yes. Right. The body. Unity. Yes. Come yeah. on,
1: somebody. Come on. Yes. I like That's- that. That's what
0: maybe that we we actually usually don't end with a prayer for our audience, but maybe we can close today with just a prayer for everyone listening. um, That the spirit and the gifts, the gifts that God has given them, would be activated, and that they would find a community of believers, right? A church to unify with so that we can all work together as soldiers I'm a soldier in the the army of the Lord I'm a
1: soldier in the army (laughs) you took us back okay
0: (laughs) but yes Yes. maybe just a quick prayer um Mm. I'll I'll start and then you you close this out okay Okay, sounds good. Uh, Father God, I just want to thank you so much for this time that Monica and I have had together to talk about Joel chapter two. God, I pray a special blessing over everyone listening to this episode that they would go and read all three books of Joel, they're short books. But God, that when they do, you would open their eyes, God, open the eyes of every reader and every hearer under my voice to the responsibilities and the hope that is ahead of us if we unify as one body of christ the hope that is set before us of how we can change the world and change the course of history and influence nations and mm. our nations to you god um because of our faith in you because of our unified um activity for you. God, I pray that everyone listening to this episode would see themselves represented in the locusts in the book of Joel and see themselves as and a member of God's army coming together yes. with a singular purpose, focus on yes. God, um, intentional, bringing their unique gift that you put into them and activating it into the spirit that as they press deeper and deeper, Father God, into you, that they would grow stronger in their gifts and that we would see those miracles, signs and wonders manifested in the real life natural, everyday realm, right? That we would see biblical, that is what everyday Daniel is about, that we would see biblical prophetic lifestyle manifested in modern current day activity and that we would have a singular unified focus in advancing your kingdom.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, Lord. I just um, come in agreement with what Stacy just prayed, Lord God, and I just, uh, just pray for the uniting, Lord God, of those who know you, Lord God, and a yearn for those who want to know you, Lord, to come into relationship with you. And I just speak reconciliation over this nation in the name of Jesus. And I speak an activation, Lord, of purpose for every person that is hearing this, an activation of giftings mm-hmm. that are lying dormant right now. I just speak to the dormant gifts, Lord God, that you will activate them for this season and the purpose that they are drawn to. I speak over your spiritual boldness and confidence and wisdom for them to operate according to your will lord this day we just speak over that unity and in the body of christ lord god that we would come together in your spirit lord god and just really charge this world lord god with your love and with the purpose that you have set us out to god we just give you praise honor and glory I thank you for Stacy, Lord God, and for every endeavor, Lord. I speak over even the everyday Daniel, Lord God, that this will touch lives like never before. Lord, charge this nation, Lord, with Your Word and a yearning to know more of who You are. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. All amen. right, thank you, Pastor Monica. We're going
0: that ends this week's uh, episode. Hopefully you guys will tune in for the third and final installment of Joel uh, when we talk about it next week.
1: (laughs) Awesome. This was great, you guys.